0: We're going to be talking about coming home today, and uh, so I asked the band specifically for that song. There wasn't, there wasn't "Sweet Home Montana." You know, I, that that one didn't exist. So, so anyway, I appreciate the band playing that for us today, and and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about what it what it's like to come home. Uh, I love to travel. I don't know about all of you, but I love to travel, and my wife and I have an opportunity this summer to take a trip to Southeast Asia, and we're going to visit some friends of ours uh, that, that work and live in Southeast Asia, so we're really excited for this trip, but uh, whenever I go on a long trip, especially if I'm going out of the country, I love coming home, and one of the reasons I love coming home is because of foreign bathrooms, and... Uh, you, you know it 's just tough and and uh, we 've got a friend that does some missions work in china and and she 's told us about Chinese bathrooms. Some of you are probably aware that Chinese bathrooms they call them squatty potties. do you know what i 'm talking about and uh, and they 're the kind of a thing if you 're not familiar with squatty potties it 's just a hole in the ground and they show you where to put your feet and, and if you 're lucky, you have a bar and you hang onto the bar and and you just squat right and and my friend you know she 's She's a little bit older and, and she's always, she says that, you know, whenever she's using a squatty potty, that she gets a little concerned that her legs are going to give out and she's just going to fall in. So she's really glad to come home. And, and so Chris and I have been asking our friends, you know, what are the bathrooms like, you know, where you live and, and, uh, and, and they have Western toilets. So I'm really excited about that. That's a good thing. But uh, one of the things Chris was smart enough to ask is can you flush the toilet paper and it uh, turns out that they don't have a good sewer system, and so you, you can't flush. I hate that, you know? I, I, and, and I've spent enough time out of the country to know that there are places where you can't flush the toilet paper, and, and you didn't know you were going to come to Easter service and hear the pastor talk about poop, <laughs> did you? Welcome to Connect. Um <laughs> But we're excited to go on the trip, but I know that there will come that time in the trip, it usually happens about 10 days in, when I'm just ready to go home. And in fact, I was talking with my niece last night, and she went on a mission trip to China recently, and she told us a story just last night that one of her favorite memories was when she was coming through United States Customs, coming back, that the customs agent took a look at her passport and saw where she was, and he looked her in the eye and said, welcome home. Welcome home. And that was one of her, her very favorite memories. And, and uh, I, I think we all love to come home. And, and this morning, I'm, I'm really excited to share a message with you because um, uh, many people say that coming to faith in Jesus is just like coming home. And, uh, and today we're going to start a conversation about what that journey to faith is like. And so I'm so glad you're here. We're going we're gonna to continue this conversation next week. And I hope you'll plan to join us next week. Uh, but today I want to start this conversation with a simple question. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands or anything. I just want you to think about this question and answer honestly in your mind. And, and the question is this. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? in god uh i I looked up uh this week to find out what the what the most recent gallup survey said about what americans believe about god you might be surprised by this do you know that 92 percent of americans believe in god 92 percent of americans believe in god but the problem is that many things in our lives crowd god out there's lots of things that crowd him out. And I don't know what it is for you. Uh, for me, even as a pastor, sometimes just getting so busy with my life crowds God out. And I can, I mean, I'm just being gut level honest with you. I can get so busy pastoring a church that I don't have the time that I want to have for God. And, and maybe busyness crowds God out of your life. Or for some people, what, what crowds God out is the feeling that God has somehow let you down. Maybe you've prayed for something, you've asked God to do something in your life, and you haven't gotten what you've prayed for, and and so you're really, at this point, questioning if God even exists. Some people have been so hurt by people who claim to know God that, that they've just decided that maybe God doesn't exist after all, and so that has crowded God out. Or maybe you're here today and you've made up your mind that religion is just so divisive that you don't want to have anything to do with organized religion. And I always tell people when they say that to me, I say, come to Connect, we're not that organized. <laughs> but in, in all likelihood, each of us has probably allowed something to crowd God out at some point in your, in your life. Um, but there's a story that I think is really cool. I came across a story a couple of weeks ago and, uh, and, and I've, I've done a little research to find out if it's true and, and, and everything that I can find indicates that this is actually a true story but it's kind of amazing. It's about a little girl by the name of Sachi. And uh, when Saatchi was just a toddler, two or three years old, her parents had another baby. And and right after that baby was born, Saatchi was just hounding her parents, Mom, Dad, I want to spend some alone time with the baby. And Mom and Dad weren't sure what was up, what Saatchi wanted. And Saatchi was too young to really be responsible with the baby. So they kept saying no, no, and and putting her off. But the longer they put her off, the more Saatchi would hound Mom and Dad. I I want to spend some alone time with with the baby. And it got so... that finally they said okay we'll let you have just a couple of minutes with the baby so they put the baby in the crib and 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 put Sachi in there next to the crib and then they're going out and Saatchi goes and she closes the door because she wants mom and dad out and so they they gave her just a second and then they quietly cracked the door open because they wanted to know what was up with Saatchi and Saatchi was standing by the crib and and she said baby tell me what God feels like because I'm starting to forget it's a great story but this this is my point and and this is the point of the story and and why it's been so widely circulated every one of us forgets god at some point it's really true every one of us forgets god at some point and for many of us it's a very difficult journey finding our way back home to god And so today, that's what I want to talk about is what that journey is like, finding our way back to God. If you've forgotten God, I hope you'll open your mind to the possibility that maybe he is calling you to come back home. I want to start this morning in the book of Matthew, and uh, it wouldn't be Easter if we didn't read the story of Christ's resurrection. And as I was studying this week, uh, one of the accounts in the Gospel of Matthew had some very interesting language that I want to share with you this morning. And so if you have a Bible, you're welcome to follow along with me in Matthew chapter 28. I'll be reading right from the beginning of that chapter. Um, and and I, I, want, I want you to really pay attention to some of the things that the angel says and to what Jesus does after the resurrection. And I want to mention this too. uh, Now that the kids are gone, there's some wide open spaces. So those of you that are on the sides, if you want to find a more comfortable place to sit, you're more than welcome. These are known as the spit rows, so this probably isn't a good choice. I apologize to you too. Um, But if you want to move, you're more than welcome to. So Matthew chapter 28, this is what we read. Early on Sunday morning, of course Jesus has been crucified uh, on Good Friday is what we call it now. Jesus has been crucified, dead, buried in a tomb, and now it's Sunday morning. And Matthew says this, early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb, and suddenly... There was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. Can you just visualize what that must have been like for those two women named Mary to see this angel come and do that? Uh, And it says, his face shone like lightning, his clothing was as white as snow, and the guards that were there at the tomb shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. And then the angel spoke to the women. And here's what the angel said. He said, number one, don't be afraid. Then he said this, and this is one of the things I want to highlight. He said, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come now and see where his body was lying. And go and quickly tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. And then the angel said this, you will see him there. Remember what I've told you. And I want you to remember what that angel said for just a moment. Verse 8 says, the women ran quickly from the tomb and they were very frightened but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, here's the kicker, I love this. As they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and they worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Now here's what I want you to see. These two women, both of them with the same first name, which is kind of an interesting thing, They went looking for Jesus. But like many of us who have gone looking for Jesus or looking for God or looking for some kind of spiritual reality, for these two women, they didn't find Jesus where they expected him to be. But Jesus wasn't hiding from them. In fact, Jesus wanted those women to find him, and he made sure that they did. And later in the story, What we know, if if we were to keep reading, and we're not going to this morning, but if we keep reading, we'll see that Jesus appeared to every one of his disciples, even the ones that were absolutely convinced that he was dead, that it was all a trick or some illusion, or, you know, there was doubting Thomas. There were some of the disciples that had betrayed him. There There was all kinds of problem in this little community of disciples, but Jesus made sure every one of them encountered him in some way because he wanted to be found. And this is what I want you to know today. This is the big idea of the message. If you don't remember anything else about today, I hope you'll remember this. It's our big idea. God wants to be found even more than you want to find him. I absolutely believe this. God wants to be found even more than you want to find him. For many of us here at Connect Church, uh, we have had... Experiences in which we have found God. We've had experiences where we went searching for him and, and he revealed himself to us that, we, that, that somehow we became convinced that God not only exists, but God wants to be found. And one of those connectors is, is named Shane Abbott. He's a member at our Great Falls campus. And uh, just in the last several years, he has found God when he went looking for him. And I want you to hear his story. Here it is.
1: My name is Shane In 2008, I uh, was selling marijuana and uh, we ended up getting busted. And uh, that was a really scary moment in my life. They released me, I was out on a pretrial investigation, and I was in a pretty violent relationship. And this is June of 2008. When I find myself getting into a fight with my uh, ex-fiance, and it was it was bad. I ended up going to jail, and while I was in jail, that, nah, I got indicted for trafficking marijuana. So I'm, I'm scared even more. Like I definitely need to find something new. So that's when I picked up the Bible and I started reading day and night, just looking and hoping for something. When they released me and I'm back out on the streets, waiting for my sentence sentencing to come through. In April, I'm going to church every Sunday now. Um, I'm trying to get my GED, you know, going to school every day, three times a day. And uh, but I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling with a lot of things. But uh, God was working in my life at that time. So April 1st comes around. Well, uh, this would be 2010. So I get sentenced. And this is when I really start noticing that I can't do this all on my own. You know, and, and I do believe that God took away my everything, and uh, I started seeing God's love by the protection that He provided for me day in and day out while I was in prison. I mean, He put good people into my life. Um, I was able to, to serve Him. He was, he was blessing me, and that's just when I realized that, that God is all I need. God is love. I can truly walk through this life knowing that God has never forsaken me nor leaving me, and He remained So that changed my life. I've been out of prison since February 4th of 2014. Life's great though. Life's amazing knowing that I have the one true God that has my back. He's just changed my heart, renewed my mind. He's um, provided for me since day one. He's restored me with my son. I now have a relationship with my son who's 10. He's given me the strength to walk through this life in this world and not be captured by the addictions that I once had. Plus, he's given me um, given me the strength to chase a career, to go to college, um, to find true love. You I know, come to realize that he was in me stronger than he was in the world. And um, he's given me so many opportunities, and he's blessed me with so many different things. I'll just uh, have to say that I've definitely found meaning in this life and reasons for living. Um, just all of my life has changed.
0: Shane found out that God wanted to be found even more than he wanted to find him. If, you, if you're like Shane and if you listen to his story carefully um, and you need to find your way back to God, you'll probably find that it's a very difficult journey. Um, it, it, it has been, I think, for most of us. And over the next five weeks, we're going to be talking about what the journey back to God looks like. We're going to be looking at a story that that Jesus told about a character that has come to be known as the prodigal son. And we're going to be examining this story over, over five weeks, and we're going to look at what it was like for this son to come back to God. This was a son that went out, and he wasted his inheritance. What the Bible says was wild living, and, and, and he took everything that was coming to him and, and just spent it all. It was completely gone. But then he realized one day that he needed to go home. And I just want to ask you this morning, do you need to find your way back to God? Is, is this something in your life that you're sensing that you need to come back to God? Let me tell you a little bit about the journey. The journey isn't about getting your act together. It's not about becoming more religious. It's not about cleaning yourself up or becoming a better person. It's not about eliminating all your doubts. It's not about making some kind of a deal with God so you'll go to heaven instead of hell. That's not what it's about. But what Shane said in that video was he needed a power greater than himself. He'd come to the end of the line and maybe that's you. And and if you need to come back and you need to find that power, this journey is for you. It's about finding unconditional love that means that you can begin to develop relationships that work instead of relationships that are broken again and again and again. It's about um, finding purpose in your life that gets you out of bed in the morning. The journey is for anybody that just needs hope. And here's the kicker. God wants to be found even more than you want to find him. I want to tell you about a historical figure by the name of Blaise Pascal. And uh, those of you that are mathematicians and physicians, Sarah, you probably know the name Blaise Pascal, don't you? Uh, he was a 17th century inventor, mathematician, physicist. Uh, in, in fact, our use of computers and, and the Internet and all of that really traces its way back to this guy, Blaise Pascal. He invented the very first mechanical calculator four hundred years ago, all right, And so he was a very important Uh, historical figure. But later in his life, he converted to Christianity and he became a philosopher. And he developed something that's been called Pascal's Wager. And I just want to share this with you this morning. It's kind of an interesting thing. Pascal's Wager. Here's what he wrote about in his philosophy. He said this, every person wagers with their life on whether God exists or not. In other words, the way you live your life is a wager and you're betting your life that God either does exist or that he doesn't. But few people take the time to weigh the risks of the wager. If you wager with your life that God does exist and you win the wager, you gain everything. But if you risk with your life that God exists and you lose, you haven't lost a whole lot. But on the other side, if you wager with your life that God does not exist, and you lose that wager, you lose everything. This is what Blaise Pascal said. And so today, uh, I want to invite you to place a bet on God. Would you make a wager with me? Um, A bet is just risking something and and possibly gaining something positive as an outcome. You've probably all gambled, right? You've probably bought a lottery ticket or something like that. Um, Chris and I one time took a trip uh, to visit her her folks down in Mexico and we spent the night in Las Vegas. How many of you been to Las Vegas? All right. How many of you have gambled in Las Vegas? All right. Uh, How many of you lost a bunch of money in Las Vegas? All right. Okay. (laughs) And before Chris and I landed in Vegas, we, we, we made this agreement. We will decide how much money we're going to gamble so we don't get out of control. We're just going to decide. And I'm, I'm kind of cheap anyway, so it wasn't much money. I think, if I remember correctly, we agreed like $5 per person. So we went, we went to the nickel slot machines, right? And, uh, and, and we started pulling the lever, and it was really fun. And I think it was about 10 minutes, all my nickels were gone. And Chris was wandering around the casino with buckets of, of nickels, you know? Because she's lucky like that. And, uh, and, and so we had made the decision when you're out of money, if you lose your whole five bucks, you are done for the night. That's all, that's all we're going to do. And so I'm out of nickels, and Chris has got buckets of nickels, and what do I do? I go and say, give me some of your nickels, <laughs> Right? and she said don't you remember what our agreement was when you're out you're done so she she i think she went a few hours and those those nickels were finally gone and she did share with me by the way but but you you know what a wager is you you bet something and and there's a possibility that you could get something a a real positive outcome so here's the wager that i want to invite you to make today i'm not going to ask you to wager your whole life That's what Pascal was arguing for, is to wager your life that God exists. I'm not even gonna go that far today. I just wanna ask you to wager this. Would you wager a prayer? Would you just take a bet with me and pray a prayer with me today and, and, and then go on to pray this prayer every day this week? And here's the prayer. Would you pray with me, God, if you are real, make yourself real to me. That's a pretty low-risk wager, to just pray a prayer. But I think the outcome could be powerful in your life if every day this week you will just simply pray, God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. And I said earlier today that God wants to be found even more than you want to find him. Do you want to know why I said that? I said that because of what the Bible says. Let me read four verses to you from the Bible. Jeremiah 29 says this, When you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. In Deuteronomy 4, there's a really similar verse. It says this, But from there you will search again for the Lord your God, and if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul, you will find him. You hear what God is saying? If you just reach out to me, I'm, I'm gonna be there for you. God wants to be found even more than you want to find him. Proverbs eight seventeen says this very simply, those who search will surely find God. And one of my very favorite verses in all the Bible is in James 4, verse eight. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You remember that story about Jesus rising from the dead that I read earlier? Do you remember how the women went and they were searching for Jesus? The the angel said, I know you're searching for him and you will see him you will find him and then just a short time later there was Jesus on the path as they were going back to tell the disciples that Jesus had been risen from the dead Jesus wanted to be found and here 2,000 years later it's the same story Jesus wants to be found if you will draw near to him he will draw near to you God wants to be found even more than you want to find him
2: Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come broken hearted, let a rescue begin. And come find your mercy, oh sinner, come near. Cause earth has no sorrow that heaven can heal. Well, earth has no sorrow that heaven can heal. So, please. We all Amen. man. There's joy for the morning, a sinner be beastie. Cause earth has no sorrow that heaven can't Earth has no sorrow that heaven can
0: you bow your heads with me and I just want to invite you this morning that if you're willing to take a wager I, I would like you to pray that prayer that I shared with you earlier right now and uh, and I'm going to pray it and and if you just want to join me with that prayer you can say it out loud or you can pray it in your mind either way is fine But if you just want to make a bet on a a very unrisky thing, just reach out to God. And I think you're going to find that he reaches back. So would you pray this prayer with me right now? God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. I'm going to say it one more time. Feel free to say it with me if you want to. God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. And now I I just want to pray for you. So keep your heads bowed, if you would, just for a moment. God, I just sense that there's a whole bunch of people today that are taking a first step toward coming back home. And Lord, I want to pray for them as they reach out to you. I pray that you will be faithful to the promises that that I shared from the Bible with these people here today, Lord. Be faithful and reach back. I pray that this week, Lord, there will be some kind of a sign. I pray this week there will be some sort of a miracle. This week there will be something that will just demonstrate that you're real and that you love us and that you're reaching back. God, bless us with that. Just a a simple thing that will confirm who you are. God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. Thank you, God. I trust that you're going to do what you said you would do in the Bible. Now, while nobody's looking around for just a minute, I just kind of have a hunch that maybe there's people here today that you're ready to make the whole leap and you're just ready to say, Jesus, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm coming home. I need you to change my life and and I've been wandering but I'm ready to just come home and maybe a a no risk wager of prayer isn't enough for you. Maybe today you just need to seal the deal. I would love to pray with you for that today and if that's you, would you raise your hand so I can see you and I'm I'm not gonna embarrass you or call you out. Nothing like that. You're just raising your hand so I can pray with you this morning. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Wave at me a little if I can't see you. Thank you so much. Thank you, yes. This is awesome. All right, I saw three hands. Maybe there were a few more, but we're just gonna pray together for these people that are ready to seal the deal today. And In fact, could we all just pray this out loud? If if you feel comfortable doing this, just as an act of support for these ones, and if you're praying this, would you pray this from the depth of your heart? Just repeat this out loud with me, would you? Lord Jesus Christ, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for finding me here. I'm ready to come home. Wash me clean. Change my life. From the inside out, make me a different person, Jesus. Amen.